the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is local time. It's 106 on this Thursday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program at 106 on this Thursday afternoon is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Folks, stop in and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in. There's a delicious uh, meal waiting for you. And I want to thank uh, David, everyone at the Lodge, and then also all my friends at Case. They're just so terrific. They're such supporters of the program. Folks, the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So I want to bring you up to speed with some of the sound we have, folks, as uh, the conflict continues to get worse. And um, and it's it's really uh, remarkable with what is happening. And then also, uh, just a reminder. So starting on Monday, we will be coming to you. Uh, this program, we're going to be uh, right on the Ukraine border. And, and what I mean by that is, um, obviously, you know, we want to do a broadcast safely. There's a lot of news over there to cover. But I, I just want to. Be clear with people that, um, you know, we're not, this is not, um, I believe this can be done safely. Uh, I'm not going to be embedded with the, the troops or anything like that. That certainly sounds like it'd be uh, very dear. We're going to see exactly where it goes. Um, but there's certainly that's where, and I, I think you'll enjoy our broadcast. I want to thank the great Jeff Gamach, who was just Unbelievable and fantastic in these situations, and obviously everybody at uh, WNRI that is allowing me to do this. And 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 folks, this is not anything short term. This is, as you can tell, this uh, is not going to end right away, and um, and it's going to be going for quite some time. I want to play. ABC News has a man plays piano with a um, drawn on the oh piece on the lid as Ukrainians stream across the border into Poland. Amid Russia's ongoing assault in the country, ABC caught some of that. He must bring the piano out there every day. I'm always intrigued by people that, um, you know, do something like that in the midst of everything that is happening and what's going uh, on with them. Now, I also play uh, the Ukrainian president held a briefing uh, amid this uh, Russian invasion. This is President Zelensky. I want to play some of this. I believe this is he does speak in English, but I think this is with a it's not in English this is alright obviously we want to find uh, the English version of that and he did do an interview with ABC can you hold out against Russian forces I don't know Will you stay in Kiev? Yes. Tired, strong, defiant, demanding a no-fly zone to save the nation. Well, that is, um, you know, I'm going to find that guy with the piano, as a matter of fact. I think that would be nice. I'm going to find that man that is playing the piano. Folks, it is incredible how, let's see, the latest right now, Ukrainian President Zelensky warns Putin, you will repay everything you did against Ukraine. Russia freezes supplies of rocket engines to the U.S. Russia wants to make uh, blah, blah, blah. one million refugees have fled Ukraine in a week. Um, Russia, Ukraine, Zoom talks today. Russian foreign minister declines to comment on civilian deaths in Ukraine. They're, they're just such cowards. They're, they're just absolutely, completely cowards. Let's listen to this woman. My husband left to protect my country. A Ukrainian refugee tells of her flight from war, folks, with three babies. Uh, uh, two nights and uh, uh, in view one night and even a crowd. 
But she's got three young children. She's got three young children. My God. Um, the good news is the world is uniting behind the people of Ukraine. I mean, that is, in fact, the good news. Folks, at one twelve, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, the big local story is the Channel 10 got the full list of non-union employees that awarded McKee's, Governor McKee retention bonuses. Now, this has nothing to do with the conflict over there. I want to be very clear from what I understand. Here it is. NBC 10 News has obtained the full list. Non-union employees have been awarded Governor McKee's retention bonuses. The people within Governor McKee's office are saying this comes out of the budget of the chief justice. So he's giving himself a bonus, a retention bonus. This story does not look good. It doesn't sound good. And I also want to, what they also said was, it came down to fairness. All 274 non-union court employees got the bonus. All 274 non-union court employees got the bonus. So then they said, well, in fairness, we had to give it to everyone. This is ridiculous. And Craig Berkey, who I know and have worked with for many years in respect, he didn't have an answer on why are judges that are appointed to the bench for life, why do they, why are they be given a $3,000, quote, retention bonus? Now, I know the McKee people are trying to say, well, that was Judge Sattel that decided that. But this started when Governor McKee started handing out bonuses to state employees. So I want to play the uh, report from Channel 10. Here we go. Here we go. Um, All right, hold on. I don't know why it's not playing. All right, hold on, folks. I apologize. Um, let me try it this way again at 114. I was, um, like a lot of people, I mean, I, I, I still say, and also how about this Rhode Island received 45 million from national Purdue farmer settlement regarding, uh, Oxycontin. I, I don't think that gubernatorial candidate Elena folks, I, I just don't think she gets around that. So why isn't this? Playing, playing. I don't know why it's not playing. All right, let me try it a different way about the uh, channel, the channel 10 piece. So, um, hold on. I, I apologize, folks. I think I should be able to pull it up. And once in a while, I don't know why all of a sudden. Uh, The sound is not working, but again, we are patient. We try to then find it and make it work. I think this should then play like this at 115. And let me see if we can. uh, Yeah, okay. All right. I'll have it for you in 10 seconds. All right. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, again, it's also, it's brought to you by, um, boom, It is brought to you by our friend, realtor, Pat Elston. Call Pat today. Uh, She is terrific. I'll tell you more about her in a moment. Let me play. This is the Channel 10 piece. Why do they need $3,000 to 
$1,000 to be retained. What is, here we go. This is a list of all 579 non-union state employees who will be getting Governor McKee's $3,000 retention bonus. It includes 274 court employees, 31 of whom are judges with lifetime appointments and magistrates guaranteed employment for 10 years. I talked to Assistant State Court Administrator Craig Berkey. So is there lifetime appointment? Why would they need a retention bonus? down to fairness. Unionized court employees got a similar bonus late last year. As NBC10 reported last week, the program was expanded to non-union court employees last month. That list includes Chief Justice Paul Sattel, who makes $250,000 annually and was part of the committee which decided to extend the bonus to everyone. He also granted himself a bonus. The decision was made to give bonuses to all non-union employees. Um, that would include the Chief Justice. John Marion of a government watchdog group, Common Cause, some of his own questions. We want our government to be truthful about what they're doing with our taxpayer money. And in this case, it feels like by, by calling it a retention bonus, they're trying to just sort of deflect some of the criticism that would come if they just called it a bonus. Court spokesman Berkey says the bonus money, which amounts to more than $800,000, comes from the judicial branch's own budget. And that budget comes from you, if you're a Rhode Island taxpayer. I would have to, I would have to consult the state court administrator and the chief justice. State worker salaries are public record. Every single judge that I checked makes more than $100,000 per year. Live in the studio, Joanna Boris, NBC 10 News. Now, um, this is totally wrong. This is totally wrong. And the judges that are on the list should refuse the money. This is a disgrace. These people don't need the money. See, this is the problem. In the McKee administration, he started it with the Providence teachers. Then he started going to the unions. Now you have a situation where Judge Sattel, well, in fairness, everybody gets the money. How much does he make a year? Associate Justice William Robinson. He makes uh, 214000 a year. And he's going to get a 3000 retention bonus. Why, is he, is he threatening to leave the bench unless he gets the money? Associate Justice Aaron Prada, $189,000. Why does she need the bonus? Associate Justice Melissa Long, uh, Judge Kraus, gets paid $204,000. Why does he need a $3,000 retention bonus? Judge Alice Gibney makes $225,000 a year. Why does she need the? Why is she getting a bonus? Judge Carnes makes one hundred ninety-two thousand a year. Judge Lampfear makes two hundred four thousand. Uh, Magistrate McBurney one ninety-one getting a three thousand dollar bonus. What a disgrace! Richard Leach. Like, as if he needs the blanking money, 204000 a year. Of course, former Senate President Joe Montabano, 205000 a year. Outrageous. Sarah Taft Cotter, 183000 a year. Why is she getting a $3,000? Oh, it's a retention bonus. See, they got that line from Governor McKee when he pivoted. First, he was saying that, oh, this is a vaccine incentive. <laughs> you imagine it. Uh, and, and Judge Sattel, by the way, gave himself a bonus. He makes 250000 a year. He needs a three. He needs our money, by the way. The, I'll tell you how this should. These judges should refuse the money. These judges should refuse they should say the fact that there are for instance they offer the free health care and there's some people that turn down the free health care um they should refuse they should refuse the money that that's my thing that's my take on it it's that's our money i don't care what they're there if they see this is the problem that 
with the McKee administration, a McKee administration that they just start throwing all this money around. And it is um, really just disgraceful because now it becomes, well, everybody has to get it. See, that's the fairness to it. Uh, everybody has to now get the money because so, so oh, yeah, judges, they're acting like everybody's getting it. Yeah, who's not getting it? Well, the general public's not getting it. That much we know. Um, but this, I, let's be very clear. All right, so the McKee people are saying, oh, the, the governor didn't decide that. The chief justice decided it. But the, the fact is um, that this started with Governor McKee first giving those Providence teachers the $3,000 bonus. Then it became $18 million of state workers. Now it just starts to spread everywhere. Now, up at the General Assembly, they're just literally throwing money around. All right, I want to go to pivoting back to the situation with Russia in Ukraine. Let's hear. This is uh, NBC's Today Show. And um, let's hear their report from this morning. Innocent civilians and Russia's own economy. Vladimir Putin's foreign minister is vowing to carry on the attacks even as the two sides hold talks. Today's senior international correspondent, Kier Simmons, spoke to him overnight. She joins us now from Moscow. Hey, Kier, good morning. Hoda, good morning. And I asked the Russian foreign minister whether President Putin is as erratic and isolated as people say. And about those nuclear threats coming from the Kremlin, he told me, quote, we don't have insane people. We're about to play you those comments as the net closes around President Putin's billionaire friends. This morning, reports the super yacht seized in Germany belongs to a Russian billionaire close to President Putin, according to Forbes. The wealthy oligarchs of Russia under pressure. But how influential are they? Even President Putin's ministers, his generals and other world leaders are made to keep their distance. This morning, NBC News put that question to Putin's foreign minister. Minister, President Putin is described by many in the West as erratic and isolated. Can you reassure people about President Putin's reasoning? Is he taking advice? And when was the last time you were able to advise him? uh, President Putin, in the past week, has provided detailed comments on our position. That is the position of our leadership. There are multiple indications the president told very few of his plans. Presidential speeches, like his New Year address, are highly produced. But last week's televised declaration of war had unusually low production values. And days earlier, he sat a dictator's distance from his security council and humiliated Russia's nervous-looking equivalent of the CIA director, who stumbled when asked about Russia's plans. Closest to the president now, his bodyguards and the FSB, once the KGB. Insiders tell us they would give their life for him. The advice President Putin receives never more important after he made multiple nuclear threats. Can you reassure the world that Russia would not fire a nuclear weapon uh, in anger, would not fire a first strike? We don't have insane people. We have our military doctrine. That describes the parameters and conditions for flying nuclear weapons. It contains no escalation for de-escalation point. Mind your president's statements, Mr. Biden's statements, when responding to a question whether there is any alternative to this sanction from hell. He said the only alternative is a third world war, only be a nuclear war. And the escalate to de-escalate policy you heard Sergei Lavrov reference there is an alleged policy of the Russians that they would threaten nuclear war in order to win a conventional war. Western officials will take note that Sergei Lavrov appeared to say that is not Russia's policy. All right, Keir Simmons for us there. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty. 
Pat is based in Cumberland, 20 years experience. Give her a call today, 401-474-5253. Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty, 401-474-5253. Right now, it's uh, 126. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99 FM. War Week 2. First City Falls. Ooh, maybe Russian satellite hacked. Um, people, they, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of good information out there. Um, especially, I thought it was explained very well of what would happen if the United States or if NATO suddenly just said that um, that it was a no-fly zone. I also noticed, by the way, that since President Trump came out yesterday and condemned the invasion, I suddenly see he didn't mean President Putin, but a lot of people suddenly seem very confused. Um, I saw someone post on social media. I trust the UN the way I trust Fauci. That that's just um, that's just moronic talk. Okay, I mean if if you we're all tired of Dr. Fauci, and I think we're going to see obviously much much less of him. But this whole undermining of NATO. Unless you could, what's, what's the better solution? The Western countries draw up a pact and an attack on one is an attack on all. And, and this is all to bring some stability to the world. It's not perfect. Folks, we've had peace for quite some time. We have, and that's a good thing. But what's happening right now this you, you you can't have this. He just wants to, meaning Putin, move forward. Um, there's some good pieces about Ukraine war may prove clarifying for the West. You know, it's also kind of funny that a person in the Wall Street Journal wrote a, a good piece that Putin is actually bringing America together. Because we have been a divided nation. We have been, for good reason. And we're still somewhat of a divided nation. And through politics and then the pandemic. But it would seem that people certainly can, um, could certainly rally for Ukraine. And that type of, um, that would be a step in the right direction. Ukraine war may prove clarifying for the West. Chance to rediscover the principles of freedom and democracy eroded by liberal in, in, um, intellectual facts. Russia's war against Ukraine could restore Western society appreciation for freedom and democracy. These principles have been eroded for decades. Putin's invasion has exposed the reality of power politics in which competing blocks of free, despot states are again driving history. Multilateral groups. Like the UN Human Rights Council have been co-opted by malign actors, organizations of little influence on Putin's decision to proceed. War in Ukraine has also begun to unite the West. Fence sitters, particularly Germany, have abandoned passive policies of moral equivalence and joined the American British led effort to help Ukraine defend itself. The anti-American Let's reflective habit of blaming NATO for Russian paranoia and aggression isn't working this time. NATO, which offers members collective defense and guarantees members of citizens of member states, the militaries will remain under civilian control, has new love around the world. Divisions between Western and Eastern Europe are yielding to more unified identity that is long eluded the continent. Western Christian conservatives once looked to Putin as a savior, but that romance has soured. In her biography, The Man Without a Face, journalist Meisha Gessen revealed Putin has a, is as a merciless leader whose brutal policies in Chechnya and elsewhere are at odds with Christian faith. 
Cold War offered vivid examples of the difference between liberal democracies and totalitarian regimes. After the Soviet Union collapsed, its collective illusions seeped into the mainstream Western thought. Other wars since 1989 increased Western ambivalence about the value of political rights and freedoms. Collectivism found new life morphed into a form of progressive authoritarianism that promote global institutional control. Uh, This war is different. Driven by a dictator seeking to stir up ethnic divisions in the specter of Nazism where they hardly existed. It's a war of conquest by a regime against a society seeking democracy and peace. Putin's attack on Ukraine is emblematic of a worldwide conflict between democratic and other powers. It offers an opportunity for moral clarity. You know, I um, come back to that. Think of, you know, what we have been dealing with in this country. Microaggressions, safe spaces, people crying because they saw a Trump sign. I think this is a little bit of a wake up call. And it should be. I, I, I don't know. I certainly hope with what's happening is being talked about and discussed in high schools, in colleges. You know, as as I have mentioned in the past, we've learned that in the past two years, studying the Holocaust, World War II has been bumped out. Diary of Anne Frank is now being replaced by the beginning of Black Lives Matter and Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. And, of course, the hero of the movement, George Floyd. A little bit different if you're a citizen of Ukraine and suddenly there's a Russian tank firing into your home. A little bit of a different element of the microaggressions. Russia's assault on Ukraine cities. U.S. needs to do more to prevent a humanitarian nightmare. Well, right now, look at the photos. Um. Some of them, I want to just read this, Aleppo. These are names etched in historical infamy as massacres conducted by Serbs, Syrians, and Russians. As his troops surround and bomb Ukrainian cities, cities, Putin seems intent on adding even more to the bloody, shameful list. Russia's failure to topple Kiev government in a lightning strike has led to an unwarranted optimism that Putin will lose this war. Ukrainians have fought splendidly, but Russian forces are still advancing in force on multiple fronts. President Biden sounded almost triumphal in his speech Tuesday about a united NATO and sanctions against Russia. But the U.S. goal shouldn't merely be to unify the West. The goal is to stop Putin from conquering Ukraine And producing a humanitarian nightmare in the process. On that score, Putin retains the advantage because he's unconstrained by the same niceties as the West. That's clear from the agonizing scenes as bombs fall day after day. Russian strategy seems to be to surround the cities, then pound them into submission with rockets and tube artillery. These are known as Imprice Area Attack Weapons, indiscriminate in their targets and damage. Their goal in urban settings is to spread terror. In Aleppo, the Russians turned entire neighborhoods to rubble. U.S. doesn't fight this way because of the risk of mass civilian casualties. Americans are willing to endure urban warfare, including higher U.S. casualties to avoid killing innocents. Think of Fallujah in Iraq. Putin doesn't mind Ukrainian casualties if he can avoid more Russian deaths. If Putin continues this campaign, the results will be gruesome and unlike anything most Europeans and Americans have witnessed. Aleppo and Grozny occurred with few Western media witnesses. The massacres in the Ukraine cities will be broadcast on the Internet. As long as Kiev can maintain communication with the outside world. Already the scenes are horrific. Public squares seems to have been targeted by cluster bombs. Tended to kill 
infantry, but are killing civilians. Children with cancer can't get treatment. Families spend day and night in bomb shelters, poor ventilation, food water shortages. You don't have to believe the Ukrainian claim of 2,000 deaths so far to expect there'll be many thousands if Russia doesn't cease. These scenes, as they multiply, have their own influence on the war. Civilized world is likely to react in horror, increasingly demand that it be stopped. Some will call for Ukrainians to surrender. But we have no right to demand it. Western leaders may find themselves under public pressure to intervene. Some are already calling for NATO to establish no-fly zone over Ukraine that would deny Russia air air attacks. But this is well-intentioned, but Ukraine today isn't Libya in 2011 or Iraq in 1990, where controlling the skies was far easier. NATO planes would have to engage Russia. The The idea is likely to divide NATO which lacks enough aircraft to enforce a no-fly zone in any case. Folks, the point is, right now, the Kremlin certainly wants to start this propaganda that there already is underway, that the aggressors here are the Ukrainians, that they're Nazis, that this is, you know, I, I can't even get into the foolishness that somehow Hunter Biden is controlling Putin. <laughs> um, I'm looking at some video right now. Russia, Russia bombards residential neighborhoods. It's, folks, you, you just see it's a tree-lined street with sidewalks, with houses, and the bombs that are going off. Troops lay siege to key port city. Over one million have fled Ukraine. President Putin, despite reports of widespread resistance, insists all tasks that are set are being successfully accomplished. Listen, it is going to be a battle, and some cities are going to fall. Um, this, as, as we have talked about, folks, and again, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. As, as we have talked about, this did not happen overnight. Um, he is certainly being second-guessed, meaning Putin. A lot of people are even questioning his mental capabilities. Uh, is he operating, you know, with, with the full, like, what is the end plan here? He is, but remember... There's no weakness with him. Putin refuses. No. With Putin, if you retreat, if you negotiate, yeah, he, his negotiation wants a Russian flag flying over all the cities. And then you start to go to some of these neighboring countries and say, either let us take over in some fashion or we're going to do to you what we did to Ukraine. And. The United States and NATO have to decide if they want to stand by and watch that happen. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub, located 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. You know, it's a great place, uh, clean, friendly. Stop in Endzone Sports Pub, have a drink, watch your favorite sports team, and... Karaoke starts on Friday night and Saturday night at 8.30. It's Endzone Sports Pub. All right, I want to play some more sound. Now, as I've said, it's a fast-moving story. And um, it does seem, when you think about it, this is now day eight that this has been going on. Um, Now, this is interesting. So Jen Psaki of the Biden administration has confirmed Build Back Better has been now rebranded as Building a Better America. (laughs) Instead of Build Back Better. I mean, that is just ridiculous. All right, let's go to Jen Psaki at the White House press briefing. No strategic interest in banning imports on Russian oil. Says nothing about expanding domestic energy. Production or American energy independence. Let me uh, play some of this. Why carve out, uh, you know, especially when oil, with the argument that Putin is uh, 
kind of is going to not benefit from um, oil. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, I think I do know what you're trying to say. Uh, well, our objective and the president's objective uh, has been to maximize impact on President Putin and Russia while minimizing impact to us and our allies and partners. And I know you've heard me say this a few times before, but we don't have a strategic interest in reducing the global supply of energy. Uh, and that would raise prices at the gas pump for the American people uh, around the world um, because it would reduce the supply available. And it's as simple as less supply raises prices. Uh, and that is certainly a big factor for the president uh, in this uh, at this moment. It could also it also has the potential to pad the pockets of President Putin, which is exactly what we are not trying to do. So uh, as the president has said, we uh, carved out payments for energy trade and transport from our financial sectors sanctions with that in mind. Listen, it's wrong. We have it. They won't do it. There's some truth to that about the um, the element. We, we could be energy dependent, um, but I, I, I don't understand that mindset in any way. I don't understand that mindset in, in any way, and especially, you know, they're trying to do a reset now, meaning the Biden administration. I, I think the horse has kind of left the barn here. Um, I, I just think it has. Let me play. Um, this is pretty good. Russians are targeting civilian targets with ballistic missiles. Uh, this was on Meet the Press and Daily. Listen to this. We now see what the what the Russian military strategy is, and and it's the initial strategy didn't work. This one is going to be costlier for him but perhaps more violent, more messy, more bloody. Senator, it's going to be hard to sit here and watch, is it not? And to watch a slaughter, to watch that convoy and do nothing about it, I get the the, the fears. Is there anything you think we should be doing more that you think folks are too hesitant to try? Well, listen, $10 billion uh, of both uh, defensive lethal uh, equipment uh, added on to the billion dollars of just uh, defensive lethal equipment that we've supplied to Ukraine is a huge boost to, to the Ukrainians' ability uh, to fight uh, at the end of the day. I think we strategically have to think about the West as well. Uh, we need uh, Zelensky uh, to be safe uh, because as we face the challenges of Kiev, uh, we need to have a government that we can work with in the days ahead. And so uh, looking at the West and how we protect that line of assistance is important. Uh, I, I see a lot of the, the bombing, the indiscriminate bombing, including of civilian targets, notwithstanding what the Russians say. They are targeting civilian targets, uh, residences, hospitals, uh, and other key areas uh, are coming uh, from uh, ballistic missiles. Uh, so uh, in terms of the question of airspace, uh, that won't necessarily stop uh, crews and other missiles uh, that, the, that the Russians have and have been using in this regard. So I think we need to get this $10 billion passed. We need to get the aid to them. And I have been approving, uh, as the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee that has jurisdiction over arms sales and arms transfers from the countries that we have sold to, I have been approving it as quickly as they send it to me. You know, folks, again, um, th- this is, it, it, listen, and I'm going to state the obvious, and that is, Clearly, clearly something should have been done earlier. You know, this also comes into play of um, that, that, that they didn't move fast enough. Now, I also want to mention, by the way, at 145, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, They're... There were people that were, in essence, you know, insisting that he was not going to invade. And then some of them have backtracked. But there, there were, you know, experts and others saying he's so this business of people protecting them or this business of. People 
you know, trying to forecast what they're going to do. Anyone that says, I don't think he's going to go into another country. Well, there were plenty of people that said this is all bluster. He may have his troops at the border, but it's all bluster. I want to go to, uh, again, uh, Steph, George Stephanopoulos this morning on Good Morning America. The world is seeing civilians being killed in Ukraine by Russian bombs. The world's uniting. How do you defend them? Um, the, this is what, you know, this is, and I recognize it, but this is Russian propaganda. Let's Russian listen to this. Mr. Sergei Lavrov at a press roundtable that was aired live on Russian television. Thank you, Mr. Foreign Minister. The world is seeing civilians being killed in Ukraine by Russian bombs. The world is hearing the lies Russia is telling about those attacks. The world is uniting to condemn those attacks and those lies. How can you defend them? Oh, I cannot comment. Just uh, conjectures. And there is a great deal of these now. You know, again, folks, this is all part of the complete propaganda that they continue to put out. I want you to play. This is a, you want to hear what propaganda sounds like at 147? This is the Russian foreign minister. Whines about the West shutting down Russia media outlet RT. Trying to close it down. Ukrainian army and the neo-Nazis. Let's listen. This is this this is propaganda. Here we go. If you paid your attention, called it to the fact that Europe, mostly and the United States, are trying to close down all the outlets, media outlets, and information sources broadcast by Russian from Russia on how the special military operation progresses and advances, and how the Ukrainian army, army and the neo-Nazi battalion behave towards the peaceful civilians. They they rob and rip off the Donbass settlements. When, when, when they fall back, they take vehicles and uh, property from Ukrainian residents living there. They behave like pillagers and marauders. And, you know, there is a a lot of information about the future provocations that are brewed in Mariupol and on other territories where the the Ukrainians are now trying to use the uh, civilians as a human shield. Talk to the Indians, the Arabs and the Africans that are trying to flee Ukraine now. They are not allowed and yesterday, the Indian Prime Minister spoke to the President, to the President of Russia, concerned over the death of an Indian student in Kharkov. I know Russian troops in Kharkov now, but we saw the footage, like depicting a foreigners trying to flee uh, the Ukrainian soil by Russia, but and, and they're not allowed to do so. You know, that, that is just, that, that guy, I can't wait until we get both him and um, Putin and try them on war crimes. What a, just an absolute disgrace. You know, and also, I want to play, you know, this whole business of calling Zelensky a not he's a German, excuse me, he's a Jew, He's Jewish and his members of his family were killed by the Nazis. So listen to, again, this is Russian propaganda saying that Putin is fighting the Nazis in Ukraine. It's all lies. Let me um, play this again. He was on with George Stephanopoulos on Good Morning America. Hold up. Here we go. I can enumerate facts for quite a long. You, you know those striking images and salient things, and you don't have time to peruse and read the facts and just spend at least half an hour visiting our website, the Foreign Ministry website and the Defense Ministry website. You will not be allowed to raise your voices. I know that. But a French journalist, you know, yesterday actually, President Macron, said that accusing Zelensky in Ukraine of the rampant nationalism is lies. Well, he responded to him, but she's compatriot, a French journalist, responded to him. She visited Donbass and she described 
of the bombings and shellings of schools and the killings of two women that worked in that school and, and she put to shame all the Western politicians that turned a, a, a deaf ear, a blind eye onto that. She wasn't allowed to put it on the air, but you know, it's available on social media. Please learn more facts. Don't try to pretend this that is um, American action movies developing according to your plan of absolute, absolute evil. What an absolute, I mean, folks, that is the voice of evil. That is the voice of evil. Let me just play one more clip of this. Here we go. You get the sense there why the American Treasury Department calls him Putin's chief propagandist. I mean, calling Zelensky, the Jewish president of Ukraine, a neo-Nazi, denying what the whole world is seeing with their eyes on the killings of civilians. You get the sense. Of course it is. But that's exactly what they do. Um, Oh, here's the part, I believe, where he said where Stephanopoulos asked President Biden, are you a killer? And then so the he brings that up to Stephanopoulos. Yeah, here we go. Get the sense there why the American Treasury Department calls him Putin's chief propagandist. I mean, calling Zelensky, the Jewish president of Ukraine, a neo-Nazi, denying what the whole world is seeing right. with our eyes on the killings of civilians. You also heard that comedy made about how I like the word killer. Mm-hmm. He was pretty clearly responding to this interview I had with President Biden last year. Listen to this. So you know Vladimir Putin, you think he's a killer? Mm-hmm. I do. That, of course, created quite an incident between President Putin and President Biden at the time. So what's interesting about that, folks, at 152, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. What I find interesting is um, the fact that he threw that in. I know you like the, the word killer. And he says that to, um, you know, to Stephanopoulos. Now, President Zelensky says it's a pity U.S. support came after the Russian war began. Let's hear that. This is uh, President Zelensky. We're going to have that in just a moment. Uh, folks, on this nice Thursday, again, look forward to the coverage uh, if you want to, hold on, let me play this. Here it go. Thank you, sir. Equipment. Uh, to this military group that is targeting us. Biden. How would you describe your conversations with the U.S. leader? And do you believe the Americans waited too long to give Ukraine the support you need to push back this Russian offensive? I'm sorry. We will sleep three, four That's hours. Okay. No, I can ask you. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Just a second, please. About that, if I, if I spoke with Biden, President Biden, yes, I think yesterday or day before yesterday, I don't remember. And uh, we have good context. I can tell you the truth. And uh, it's a pity that it began after the beginning of this war, but we have it. And I'm my appreciation to him and to his team. And so we can speak now often. That is the first part of your question. And the second part is can you assume the water who bombed your country's shots of the states of the world? Uh, you know, I told you honestly, I responded honestly. Um, the question is not about Biden, it's more about uh, indecisiveness of the world. Uh, I'm telling you all the steps. Uh, the world is stronger than uh, the military of Putin. Uh, I'm telling with confidence the military because I know there is also opposition in Russia. In Russia, uh, there is the opposition of military, business opposition. Uh, there is the public uh, opposition of civilians, and, and there is a um, split uh, even within the uh, that uh, people watch TV. They I didn't see your reports on Russian TV, but uh, you all present here uh, didn't see a lot of your uh, uh, footage in Russian on the Russian TV. People live uh, in this media space 
created um, by the administration of the president. And uh, I would want all the decisions regarding diplomacy and NATO, and our independence, regarding the nuclear power, nuclear weapons, Again, folks, the, the, what I want to make mention of at 156, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Please visit our website, dePietro.com, which is brought by the Coesed Inn, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. And they have delicious Polish food, by the way. The Coesed Inn, they're waiting for you. What I find is interesting is it's not lost on Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. It's not lost on him that... There are certain Americans, think about this, you know, and I, I hate to say, well, not hate, but it's actually even embarrassing to mention, but I actually know some of them just because they're in broadcast. I'm not going to get into names, but there's just there's something odd. If, if your comments about this conflict, about this war, if your comments are then being played on Russian propaganda television. I I would think that that's a problem, right? I would think that that's a problem. So that's why some people, and there's a lot of pushback right now. Um, Let's see, U.S. buys zero barrels of Russian oil last week. Well, that's a good start. They are really under fire right now. They are fighting seemingly a four-prong war, or one minute, one, two, three, four, five, six-prong war, meaning the Ukrainians are. And I know France seizes, oh, wow, good. You know, this whole thing with the Russian oligarchs and everything, but I, I want you to think about that because, as I have mentioned in the past, that think of... You know, you, you heard about it, World War II, Tokyo Rose, and if you've ever seen, like, actual footage, or even, it's been depicted in some films where they're, they're playing over the loudspeaker, the female voice telling the American soldiers, lay down your arms, your families miss you, your wives miss you, your children miss you, your ch- girlfriends miss you, go back, you know, blah, 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 it's all propaganda. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this come out. There are Americans who are doing broadcasts that are then being Russian television is hearing it. And I've already gone through some of the individuals. And hopefully they're going to take back some of the things that they have said or kind of clean them up a little bit. Um, I just want to once again reiterate that I, I just found this caught a lot of people off guard. Russian propaganda went into overdrive. People start with this whole thing again of fake news and fake news. Listen, Putin invented fake news. That's actually where President Trump got the, the term from. He actually got it from Putin, who would just dismiss anything that people would ask. Oh, that's fake news. So hopefully the tide is turning. Now it's day eight. And it is interesting that the more that people see, especially the civilians being killed, that seems to be a turning point with how people are viewing this whole conflict. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePietro. Thank you for listening. Be back tomorrow at 11. Uh, Stay tuned. WNRI Winsocket.